0: Welcome to Advancing All Women with Sarah Alter, President and CEO of Next Up. On this show, you'll hear top executives and experts talk the most pressing topics of the moment for women in the workplace, including key issues that affect the advancement of women, creating better workplaces for women of color, DEI and B solutions, and more. Now, here's your host, Sarah Alter. The
1: Waymakers are self-defined leaders across the world who believe in the potential of all people and who consider it both a privilege and a responsibility to make a way for others where there is no way. The Waymakers see open windows when doors are shut and they enter into exclusive spaces and unlock them from the inside. They have walked the road to promise been advantaged by its rewards and acknowledge the barriers that have prevented many from doing the same. The way makers know change doesn't happen through great ideas or good intentions alone, present and engaged, they usher us towards an equitable world through deliberate and consistent action with behaviors that redefine culture and norms. For the way makers, there are no sidelines to watch from, no fences to sit on, no excuses to make. There are only boundaries to cross, roadblocks to remove, and paths to forge day by day, choice by choice. And the way makers lead others through the wilderness with courage and conviction to where the rivers of opportunity flow freely and without interruption. They are the leaders who, with their minds assured, their hearts open and their hands outstretched, change everything for everyone. Who are the Waymakers? Learn today. Listen in. I'm Sarah Alter, the host of the Advancing All Women Radio Show and Podcast, and so proudly the CEO of Next Up. Today I am joined by the most inspiring leaders, two individuals who I've had the Joy and honor to get to know. Uh, first and foremost, and you just heard her words that I read. Tara J. Frank, author of The Waymakers, and Daryl Travis, CEO of Brand Trust, her partner in this journey. Welcome, Tara and Daryl. Thank you. Thank you. Good 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 morning. So okay, so truth be told, everybody, they are they are such Good partners to me. It's Monday morning, first thing, <laughs> and they are they are recording this podcast with me. So I greatly appreciate them. We're probably about one cup of coffee or tea in. All right, so Tara, um, we should kick it off with you. <laughs> um, tell me why you are here, like your personal and professional journey. You know, joining me on what I know is going to be a life changing conversation for those who listen. But most importantly, I want everybody to hear your story and the Waymaker story.
2: I, I first just want to say, Sarah, that um, I didn't know you were going to read that manifesto. And I'm, uh, I'm emotional right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm having a moment. Sorry. I want to nicely and cleanly answer, you know, your question about who I am and the Waymakers journey. Yeah. But all I can sit here and think in this moment is how badly we need Waymakers yeah. <laughs> um, right yeah. now. Especially right now. It, oh, it's been absolutely. true clearly for a long time, but um, hearing you read those words reflected back to me. Um, all that emotion kind of came to the surface. So I'm Tara J. Frank. Thank you for inviting me.
1: Oh, my, uh, I my am, honor. <laughs> my I honor. I am
2: uh, the author of The Waymakers Clearing the Path to Workplace Equity with Competence and Confidence. And you asked me my personal and professional why. Um, I really do believe I exist uh, spiritually and practically to build bridges across difference, um, to help people build bridges between themselves and other people, but also to build bridges between where we are and where we want to be, where we could be uh, if we had more people active in this equity uh, pursuit. So that's why I believe I'm here. I wrote the book as a tool to help leaders do exactly that. Um, and every single day I wake up and start my workday. I'm hoping to do one more thing, say one more thing, uh, be one more thing uh, to enable it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. No. And I was, as I was, I was reading, you know, author The Waymakers. I'm like, that doesn't even hold a candle to like all of the other incredible things you've accomplished before that and you know people who you've touched and so for today's purpose we're going to focus on the waymakers. but you know (laughs) Tara has already been on one of our podcasts I think everybody will remember. Um, And, and she has just been a long standing partner to to what was new and now next up and so we're so grateful for all that she's done and just very excited to shine the spotlight on her today. and thank you for introducing us to Daryl. Daryl, <laughs> um, please tell us your personal and professional story. And other than you couldn't say no to Tara.
3: While you here <laughs> That's it. right. First and foremost.
1: <laughs> exactly. Putting yeah. that out there.
3: <laughs> uh, well, I'm the CEO and founder of Brand Trust, which is a Chicago-based research and strategy firm. Um, we work for many of the leading brands in the world to help them to understand really the the challenges um, that they face every day in in the business world. And uh, many years ago, we really came across the realization that business challenges are human challenges. So we focus very much on human truth, Um, not so much what's happening, but really why it's happening, sort of underneath the surface and our greater focus and, and um, greater vision, if you will, is that the best way to change things for the better, to improve things and to elevate people is to, um, use businesses, businesses and organizations and their brands because they have such a powerful influence and such a significant influence on our lives and on our culture. And so that's that's what we do. We very we focus very much on that, how to make businesses better through their brands and their products. And uh, Tara is such an inspiration and the time is so perfect for this kind of work. When um, When she originally talked to us, we said, hey, we are in, we are yeah. really all over that. How can we help? What can we do? <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Yeah, no. All right. So um, Tara, define waymaking. Who are the waymakers? Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, you, you read probably my most poetic uh, articulation yeah. of waymaking, but, you know, to make it simple for everyone with us, and then I'd love to share a little bit about how I wrote Daryl and his uh, organization into this party, um,
1: Absolutely. but
2: waymaking. <laughs> you know, a, a waymaker is someone with power and position who opens doors for other people, removes barriers, and ushers them through to greater levels of contribution. Uh, in my mind and heart, this is especially uh, to benefit those who have been denied that opportunity, who have been denied insight, who have been denied access. So that is how I define a way maker. Um, and way making is the act. And I'm, I'm accentuating that word on purpose, um, is the act of making a way for people who have been left behind.
1: Yeah, no, no. It, it, um, it's so, you know, it's so action oriented. It's so future focused. It's, you know, we, I know we talked about this in preparation for our podcast, you know, the the most common term that you hear these days is allyship, Mm -hmm. but you know, that's a, it, it, to me, it speaks more to a state of mind, right? Whereas I love the ING, (laughs) you know, it's that taking action. And, and that's what's the most important element.
2: I think it is really important, you know. and I'm not trying to diss the idea of allyship.
0: Yeah, clear Clearly
2: enough. it's important that we have allies in any fight worth fighting. Of course. Right. I think it matters right. that we have people who care uh, about you know, doing good, who care about progress, who are considerate and compassionate and encouraging and supportive who are willing to be champions, who are willing uh, to be cheerleaders. I think all of that is beautiful and amazing. And I also Mm -hmm. think that Mm -hmm. over the years, we have um, become to, in my opinion anyway, based on what I'm seeing actually happen inside companies, people are starting to see the idea of allyship um, as much more passive than I think is required right now. Um, you can call yourself an ally if you are uh, if you are empathetic, you know, to someone's plight. You can call yourself an ally if you uh, express compassion and concern. Yeah, but I don't think that's enough, <laughs> especially now.
1: It, it, absolutely, it within like you know, next step we're calling it beyond allyship, right? It, and now we it, way, way making is, is the perfect thing. Cause you're right. It's, you have that state of mind. You, you then have to educate and inform, mm-hmm. and then you have to advocate and take action. And so it, this just, you know, frames it so nicely. Let's, let's talk about the journey. You know, you're building a community, right? You're building a movement, but it took a journey to get here mm-hmm. and, and you, you know, quickly and easily roped, as you said, Daryl and, <laughs> who wouldn't want to be a part of this journey <laughs> but yeah let's, let's talk about where it started and then Daryl the role that your group you know played because you know you'd shared with me you know Tara, you had informed assumptions right and, you know from years of your own leadership mm-hmm. you know in the, the DeIB arena, right But let's talk about that journey and then the role that you know Brand Trust played because that that to me you know just speaks volumes.
2: I think so, too. It's such a powerful story. And I can't wait to to dig in, you know, to the research that we did with Brand Trust. But I'll back up just a little bit. So, you know, I'm in the consulting business. Uh, I spent 21 years at Hallmark Cards. I became a leader when I was 25 years old. And so I honestly take my way making journey all the way back there. You know, if I'm if I'm being honest with you, because ever since I became a leader, I was really just passionate about unleashing talent. It takes a lot to unleash talent, especially when that talent does not necessarily represent the norm. And so that conscious and deliberate act of ensuring that I could uh, curate, right, situations um, and enablers <laughs> to make sure that every single person in my, on my team first and then my division later, right, my partners after that, Um, could truly kind of unlock those doors and create scenarios of situations where everybody could thrive, where everyone could fully contribute. What I noticed in my consulting work, and I work mostly with CEOs and C-suite teams, is that many of them had three things in common. So one, they wanted to do the right thing. Two, they didn't always know exactly what the right thing was, mm-hmm. right, related to this mm-hmm. diversity, equity, and inclusion okay. work. And three, many of them felt a little unsure about how to step into the work. There's like, one, this big question about what do we prioritize. Then there's this other big question about how do we do this well. Um, there's kind of a hang up around you know, perfection versus progress. There were all these just uncertainties, quite honestly. And so I decided that the best way I could contribute to this field of of equity and inclusion, especially, right? Because I don't do a lot of diversity work as in I don't do recruiting work. I, I I don't do that kind of thing. I mostly work in culture and unleashing talent. I figured the best thing I could do to contribute to this field would be to create a very practical tool (laughs) that would help leaders understand where to start, um, how to move forward, how to engage other people, uh, and really what it requires to practically shift minds, hearts, and realities Mm -hmm. for people inside their company. And so the Waymaker's book was intended to be exactly that right? A companion, if you will, for Mm -hmm. leaders who want to make a way but don't know exactly how and maybe feel insecure about stepping into it. And the the insecurity, I believe, Sarah, really comes about because this is a really difficult thing to get wrong. That's Mm -hmm. what I've learned from my clients over the years, that it is a hard thing to get wrong. Mm -hmm. And whenever we're facing something that carries with it great personal and professional risk, if we mess it up, we tend to get paralyzed in our attempt to do it. So that's kind of why I wrote the book, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the reason Daryl ended up as, as my partner in this book is because as I started to imagine what I wanted the book to be and what I wanted it to do, I knew I wanted it to be more than a bunch of Tara's opinions. Tara has very informed opinions, so I'm not going to (laughs) discredit my opinion.
1: Indeed. Right? I I
2: have very informed opinions. I'm also, um, ever since I've kind of first started at work, I've been, you know, focused on innovation. I have a background in creative product development, which means I know a a lot about consumer motivation and behavior. Mm -hmm. And so all of that is kind of underneath my perspectives, right, my beliefs about what matters and how we can kind of make a difference. But I didn't want it to be just that. I I wanted this book to also bring forward the voice of the employee, the voice of the person um, I wrote this book for ultimately, if that makes sense. I wrote it for the leaders who might lead differently as a result. But I really wrote it on behalf of all the people who have been left out. And I wanted to make sure that the book um, could lead with their experiences, with their perspectives, with their needs, with their fears, right? With all of the ways they've been advantaged and all the ways they've been disadvantaged. And so I was looking for a research partner before I even really started to write the book in earnest. And I reached out to a friend of mine, his name is Dave Mahanovic. We were partners at Hallmark for a really long time. And I said, hey, you know, I need a research partner. Mm -hmm. I need somebody who's going to help me bring forward the voice of this employee. Uh, And he shared a couple names with me. And Daryl Travis was actually the first, well, the second person that I talked to. And as soon as we kind of got on the phone, I'd say about five, 10 minutes in, I was like, oh, boy. You knew. Yeah. I did. I knew. I'd, I'd love to hear him talk about his experience uh, on the other side of on the other side of the
1: phone from me. I, I'm
2: super intense when it comes to work, like that. I'm really passionate about, and I've never been as passionate about anything as I was about this. So I'm I'm sure it was a little bit overwhelming for him. No, and
1: and, and no, and I remember like, you know, checking in with you a couple times here and there, and and you'd be like okay, I'm just, I'm going to go dark, I got to disappear, I got to write, you know, and it was like, this was your passion. And um, it, it's so funny, because it, it, I heard this, and I can't take credit for it. I was at, at a Sherm conference a couple of weeks ago in New Orleans. And one of the many incredible speakers said, you know, individuals over these past, you know, like two and a half years have changed their mindsets, and particularly in the work setting, and that they don't want things done to them Mm -hmm. they want things done with them with and for them that's right and so like just just hearing you say you know it's like all right well let's not assume let's go straight to who we need to serve so daryl daryl what role did you play in this crazy and and pivotal adventure
3: (laughs) well the, the first thing i'd say is that we we um I would not say it was being overwhelmed, Tara. I would say it was being <laughs> um, just absolutely inspired and engaged and saying, oh my gosh, this is, this is incredible. What this woman's talking about. Yeah. yeah I mean, like I
1: knew
3: I have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> was we, I mean, we, you know, we, we have a heart and a vision for this kind of work. And so we, you know, we're, when you're looking for opportunities to engage, then when one comes through your door, it, you feel like you feel blessed. It's a great, opportunity that that kindred spirits have come together so that's the that's the amazing thing about it and and it was quick it was very easy to recognize we are we are kindred spirits and let's get after this let's get this work going we practice uh, our basic framework at brand trust is uh, what we call truth clarity and action so if you have the truth if you really understand why human beings are doing what they're doing why they believe what they Believe and why they do what they do, then it gives you great clarity around um, what to do about it, and then then that leads to action. And what I love about what Tara was talking about was to just check the truth, to make sure that we have the truth, and to mm-hmm. dig deeply into the audiences and to the the broad spectrum of the workplace about what what's really happening. How do people really feel when these these things are happening to them? And so I think. Um, because of the things that have happened to all of us in the last few years in the culture and the life experience we've all lived. Um, there is just such a keen and greater awareness to we've got to change and the, the C-suite is more aware than they've ever been. Mm-hmm. And so when you put that together with what we're trying to accomplish at Branch Trust is to make businesses better, it's just a perfect match and it's really easy to recognize it. And, and, um, She's pretty compelling. I mean, you know, she's not gonna. Um, you're not gonna. <laughs> you're not gonna forget the conversation you had with Tara. So oh, yeah. it was easy. It was well, really easy.
1: Well, and, and 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 a
3: blessing. Truly, it was. And and the absolutely. work has been a blessing. And and what I love so much about uh, this book and about what Tara's doing is that. Um, We we have we've gotten to the clarity part about how awful this is and how much attention we have to pay to it, for the most part, not everyone, but for the most part. And now it's time it's time to, as Tara said, help these leaders who can change the world to know what to do, help them to help them to understand that this is about being appreciative and about elevating everyone it's not about. you know, just going back and, and and relitigating the indictments and all the problems and all the challenges, we have to be aware of those. We have to think about those because they we those are leveraged to make ourselves better. What we have to do now is to move forward, and uh, that's what Waymakers is about.
1: And 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 that's what it it you know Tara, you had referenced it as well. Just based on what you just said to Daryl, sadly, most of the time it's like. The financial or the legal implications that hold you back, right? Like I remember when I had first started, um, at next up, um, Charlottesville had just happened, mm-hmm. and you know we were crafting our statement, and 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 it was funny. I had um, one of our team members pull it back up because I remember it was so incredibly impactful. And Tara, I don't think you remember this, but we quoted you.
3: Oh, in I our don't statement. Know if, yeah, we did. I'll
1: re I'll resend it to you. <laughs> but it she's was... very
3: quotable. She's very <laughs> quotable.
1: I know, right. Like, that's why I just like, you know, I, you know, like, I loved reading your manifesto. But it's that legal and financial implications. But Daryl, I think the power right of what you did, and I had learned all of this as Daryl and Tara and I got to chat about this last week, is you didn't just collect data. You know, a lot of times, you know, leaders will say, well, you know, do a survey, get me some data, you know, Mm -hmm. and it says, oh, I don't feel like I belong. You know, I don't feel valued. I don't, you know, what you collected were stories, the good, the bad, and the ugly stories. You collected the perspectives, the emotions. That's what was so different. And you had shared with me like close to 600, right, was what you you said, like hundreds yeah. hundreds and hundreds of interviews and stories told and digested. I'd
2: love to pop in here yeah and, and kind yeah. of share the frame, right because when yeah. when we first got together, I was um, I was sharing with Daryl what my hypotheses were you know I had some assumptions yeah about what people really needed in the workplace and again those those assumptions, you know, those were informed, but my assumptions Mm -hmm. were that people really needed to be seen, respected, valued, and protected. And I had assumptions about what each of those emotional needs or need states were connected to, right? How how they drove uh, business performance, how they drove belonging, how they drove creativity and innovation, how they drove retention. Like I, I just had a bunch of really interconnected assumptions, I'll say that. But to Daryl's point, I wanted to know what I knew and know that I that I knew it you know what I'm saying like it's it wasn't enough for me to that just validate have assumptions right and begin writing what I would consider to be a trusted tool based on only my assumptions So we shared the frame with with Daryl I shared the frame with him and I said I want to understand the degree to which people, feel seen, respected, valued, and protected today, and the degree to which they feel these ways across differences, so across race and gender and Mm -hmm. sexual orientation, et cetera. I wanted to understand what makes them feel these ways, like the behaviors, the choices that leaders make or exhibit that make people feel seen, respected, valued, and protected, and also the choices and behaviors that make them feel invisible and disrespected and, you know, what what Daryl's team came with the language underappreciated and scrutinized. I wanted to know how these emotional states impacted their relationship with their companies. So when I feel seen respected valued and protected. How does that impact or change my relationship with my company, when I feel the absence of those things, how does that change my relationship with the company, so I say all that to say that I had a lot of questions, yeah. right, I had some assumptions, but I had a lot of questions, because I didn't want to just write a book that was interesting to read, or inspiring, I wanted it to be actionable and proven, which means I had a lot of questions, right, about what leaders needed to do and do differently uh, in order to really kind of get to this this more desired state. So I share that because I think this is a good good time for Daryl to share, you know, how he responded to those questions that I had and what brand trust uh, said we should go do about that. Because it was and, such a brilliant journey from that point, I think.
1: Absolutely. And, and Daryl, if, if you can share too, like what was validated, but then what were some of the surprises, it, it, you know, in terms right. of what you heard, right?
3: The, uh, um, it was interesting that, because we always listen carefully because the lived experience, Tara's lived experience is actually v- extremely vital and i would say that for the most part she was really on point she had she had the ideas but she also she also had the wisdom that you know sometimes bias particularly in challenges like this is maybe the worst thing worst enemy we can have so we want to make sure we really understand the truth what's really happening so digging in more deeply to the lived experiences of the people like what are what are their stories what are their narratives what are the kinds of things that rise to Um, their need to share, their need to tell those stories, and what are the patterns in those stories. So uh, we worked um, uh, to to try to understand that at a deeper level through techniques that are are narrative invoking, right? So the worst thing we've learned that if you really want to understand why people do what they do, why they feel the way they do, the worst thing you can do is ask them, because the non-conscious brain Mm. knows there's reward and punishment for right and wrong answers, and so um, what we do though, is to guide them into experiences and stories and narratives and have them tell us about ex- specific experiences that we guide them to. And when they do that, the things that are most emotionally resonant, most emotionally intense, those are the things that rise to the surface. And then we establish the patterns across all of those um, interviews, all of those audiences. And those patterns will, will be very consistent and you can see Um, exactly what's happening and it it helps to understand where Tara had it right and where she might have been off just a tiny bit though I will say she would she had most of it right Uh, but but to understand the deeper sense the root if you will of why that experience feels the way it does and what's causing those experiences to feel that way and that gives you the insight that gives you the truth and once you know that then you have the clarity you need to move forward
1: and any surprises you said she was 99.9% right he didn't <laughs> yeah. he didn't say that but yeah. <laughs> well I'm putting yeah, it he, out
3: there he would never <laughs> that, say that my my
1: gut tells me yeah <laughs> what were some she of
3: those was I mean she was there. she's I mean obviously very you know engaged and very um, intuitive and insightful about this so she was pretty pretty much on point but uh, there were things like uh the the I think the broader spectrum things, there's differences between the audiences, clearly, the differences yeah. in the lived experiences. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I think was really vital and really useful was is, is also the similarities across the audiences. Mm-hmm. There are some things, mm-hmm. there are some things that we, we might refer to them as universals, if you will. Everybody feels mm-hmm. underappreciated, maybe in different manifestations of underappreciation, but you know, you, you can even be in a privileged class and maybe feel underappreciated. And so the wisdom there is, we have to treat everyone the same. We have to elevate everyone, and and um, you know, make sure that uh, some of the injustices are righted along the way because we have to get some people elevated more sooner uh, to get over some of the some of the history. Uh, but also, you know, going forward, we have to, uh, to really understand what it is that drives these human values.
1: And it, it, I, it, it, appreciation, like rewards and recognition, I, it, 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 similar situation, and that people want different types of rewards. Some people don't want rewards; they want recognition, and I'm sure appreciation the same way. You know, oh, I appreciate big, you know, paychecks. You know, I, <laughs> I appreciate promotions. You know that can be very unique, you know, exactly. right. Exactly. So, yeah, absolutely.
2: We'll, we'll dig into some of that. I have some interesting nuances to, to share for sure.
1: Awesome. We are going to take just a short commercial break. I want to thank everybody who's been listening in today to our Advancing All Women radio show and podcast. You can always check us out at nextupisnow.org for more information on Next Up and all of our podcasts. But don't leave us because when we come back, we're going to talk about how you make the way for others. We'll be
0: back. For over 20 years, NextUp has been bringing professional women, allies, and corporate partners together to champion gender equity and advance all women in their careers. Together, we are a powerful, growing community of over 14,000 members and 300-plus regional and corporate sponsors. We work to create leadership opportunities, amplify women's voices in the workplace, and ensure that all women in business can seize opportunities in the now And in the next, members of NextUp gain access to a broad community of like-minded professionals dedicated to women's equity and leadership development across our 21 regional communities, get best-in-class leadership development opportunities, and attend our two annual national conferences, which bring together the strongest minds in DEI&B and leadership. Join NextUp today visit nextupisnow.org/membership to learn more about becoming a member that's nextupisnow.org/membership you are listening to advancing all women with host sarah alter Want to learn more about the show and about Next Up? Visit our website at nextupisnow.org. That's nextupisnow.org. Now, back to Advancing All Women.
1: Well, welcome back, everybody. You are listening to Sarah Alter in the Advancing All Women radio show and podcast. And today we are joined by two thought leaders who are guiding us in how to be waymaker. We have the incredible Tara J Frank who is the author of the Waymakers and Daryl Travis who is CEO of Brand Trust who partnered closely with her on this journey and, and in bringing this movement to life. Um, so Tara, let's go back to we, we, we just kind of left it at um, you know appreciation, feeling valued, feeling respected. Let's dive a little bit deeper into that because that like belonging, that's one that's not the it's it's not so easy (laughs) to make people, you know, feel that way because it could be so different.
2: It can be. I mean, it really can be. And you know, one of the things I'd I'd love to, if it's okay with you, Sarah, please read just a little excerpt. I
1: would love that that
2: (laughs) because I think it will help people understand the the depth. Um, that we were able to get to with the narrative inquiry uh, research that that we did in partnership with Brand Trust. This is how instructive and specific, you know, we were able to go. So Daryl talked about the fact that we learned there were some nuances across differences when it came to feeling seen, respected, valued, and protected. We also learned that there were some important commonalities. The respect um, piece is where I thought some interesting nuances came out. So it says in the book, um, for Black employees, a theme of redemption emerged. Being respected at work was like a sip of water after a long drought. Indigenous employees used the words power and respect interchangeably as tools of both agency and freedom. Latinx employees' stories of respect centered on situations in which they were able to demonstrate their worth, solving problems that would not have been solved without their intervention. South Asians felt respected when leaders cared about and respected them enough to provide feedback on their work performance. East Asians felt respected when they were viewed as experts or given an opportunity to take the lead. For LGBTQ employees, respect was experienced when they were tapped for guidance or advice, which made them feel their work was deemed credible. Here's where it gets really interesting. Interestingly, white cishet employees, when we asked about times they felt respected, perceived respect as a natural outcome of their hard work and effort, and were not surprised when they were shown respect respect in the workplace was unremarkable for them, a marked distinction from employees who exist on dimensions of difference. This to me was one of the insights. There are many like this, but it's one of the insights that was most powerful because what we are saying is that there are some things when you do not exist on a dimensions of difference that you feel uh, that you just simply expect and that you Mm -hmm. feel entitled to.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And nobody else characterized it that way. So I wanted to share it because the, the insights in here that came from the narrative narrative inquiry study um, were really powerful. And that's just an example of one.
1: It yeah, it's like it, I was just sitting here thinking, it's like they they were they were saying, hey, I, I was actually allowed to do my job to the utmost. <laughs>
2: Well, they, yeah, they right? were saying there, there's a heightened sensitivity. People are scanning the environment, right? Especially when you do not represent the norm, you're scanning the environment for signs of validation, for signs of that respect, for signs of whether or not you're valued, whether or not you're safe. like That's one of the biggest things we can learn from the Waymakers book is that if somebody doesn't represent the norm, they're going into your environment with a bit of a deficit. And leaders have Mm -hmm. a responsibility and an opportunity to cultivate these emotional need states, but they have to do it on purpose. They can't assume that it already exists because there's only one group for whom it already exists. And that's white hetero men. Yeah, yeah, no,
1: yeah, no. And, and, that, I, and the
3: I, the power of that is if you don't, if you don't have research that helps you to see it, then you you'll never be enlightened, right? And if you if you don't have research that's able to uh, reveal that in the narratives, in the stories, then um, you you just can't crack it, right? You can't help people understand. But when you share this kind of data, this kind of feedback with C-suite audiences, it has to have a great uh, a great bit of enlightenment for them, a great bit of awareness. And, and it helps them. right? It helps them to understand, OK, now I see I see that this is not what I thought it was. And I see that there's work to be done. And what is that work? How do I do that work? Yeah, And that's the beauty of Waymakers.
1: And And but that universal theme is all of those incredible communities that you just ref- referenced are discounted, <laughs> but then totally appreciate what you're both saying, which is, but individually there are nuances, you know, people, people are yeah. energized, you know, motivated by different things Yeah, and, and just being respected and being allowed to do their job to the utmost because it, it's just like, Hey, no, you got this it's not a she always or they always or yeah yeah
2: well the power of the individual i think really comes through in this work too which is why you know we i know we want to talk about how do we make a way how, how do we actually do right. this and right you know it's it, i wrote a whole book about it right so i i think the best thing i can do is probably try to simplify the high level steps and the way i talk about it in the book is Excellent. to embrace realism to take responsibility and to build relationship. And if it's okay, I'll just briefly unpack those three things. So one is embracing realism to me is getting a really clear sense of what's actually happening in your organization. Not what you think is happening, not what you wish is happening, not how people (laughs) respond to your idea of who you are but a true and deep understanding of what people are actually experiencing day to day. The Waymakers reveals a lot of that, but that doesn't mean that's exactly how it's happening in your company. You have to do that work. The second big step is to take responsibility for it. I'll I'll tell you, Sarah, and you know this because you work with a lot of companies too, we tend to rely really heavily on our DE&I teams or our HR business partners. Mm-hmm. This is not the work solely of HR. This is the leader's job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you want to create a more equitable and inclusive team climate, right, division project even, right, yeah. you have to do that work, which means you have to define great in collaboration with the people who will benefit from it. You have to ask questions about what do we need to do differently, do the same, stop doing, right? What behaviors do we need to adopt in order to bring, usher in, right? That definition of great. You have to define how you're going to monitor and measure, right? New ways of leading. You have to hold people accountable to leading that way. And when they don't, You have to do something about it, right? This is really Mm -hmm. about taking responsibility for leading in new ways and making sure that everyone is crystal clear about what that looks like. And then lastly, you have to build relationships. Relationships are the great accelerator, Sarah. So when you talked about, you know, everybody needs something different, the only way we really ever understand what an individual needs is to ask them, And yes, I shared themes in the book about how Black respondents differed from Asian respondents. But that will never, ever, ever take the place of building the one-to-one relationship with the people in your charge, of getting to know what they personally aspire to, what they are uniquely good at, how they want to contribute, right, and building a bridge to aspiration in partnership with them. those relationships that we build, that trust that we cultivate, that's what allows us to help people realize their career goals. Not just the data, not the research, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But the relationship. And that's what also, quite frankly, gives us the grace to make mistakes as we build the relationship. That's what gives us the protection, the safety, right? To learn our way forward as we become waymakers without having to be so scared of getting it wrong or stepping in a mess.
1: Absolutely. And and to your point, it's how you lead your life and how you do your job, how you lead.
2: (laughs) Yeah, this is a leadership book. You know, one of of the most, I think, passionate conversations Daryl and I had when we were working through all of this is that this isn't really a diversity book. Mm -mm. It's not just an Mm -hmm. equity book. It's not an inclusion book. It is a leadership book. And if you read it and take it to heart, and I get super specific in this book, like Mm -hmm. there are scripts in this book, (laughs) right? There are top leadership actions and behaviors. There are watch outs. There are reflective questions. Like if you read it and take it to heart, you will be a better leader for every single person. Mm -hmm. Right. Not, not just the people who are different from you.
1: So, so Daryl, you've worked with like incredible brands, you know, you know, across the board, Um, you know, from your perspective, um, and and Tara, thank you for like framing that so nicely. (laughs) Um, And, and of course, everybody needs to buy the book and read it and bring it to life. And we're going to put a link, you know, when we post this podcast, everybody can do that. But your perspective on, okay, how do you, you know, brands are manifested by what they do, right? You know, the emotions they create, the experiences they deliver from your perspective, you know, how can brands and leaders behind those brands bring this to life?
3: Yeah, that's, I just would really echo what what Tara said about leadership, because that's that's really the, the. The linchpin, if you will, how you, how you accomplish this, how you make it happen. We talk about uh, business challenges or human challenges. And if you think about it, they're all human challenges. If you find a business challenge is not a human challenge, please let us know, because we'd really like yeah. to explore it. We'd like to understand exactly. what that is. <laughs> so the and, and the other the other aspect is that all of this is connected to and one of the one of the things that we have trouble with in business is everything is too siloed and we don't recognize that. The brand's purpose, the reason it exists, is connected to its culture. Its culture is connected to its brand, it drives its brand, and its brand drives its cu- customer experience. And all of that is an ecosystem. And all of that is driven by human beings and, and lived experiences. And that's why everyone needs to be treated with respect mm-hmm. and with dignity mm-hmm. and be appreciated for the role that they, they play in that organization. And if you connect those people to the to a higher order purpose in the organization with the brand and the purpose, then everyone has an opportunity. Everyone has an opportunity to feel like they, they can make a difference. I do think that there are different kinds of leaders now that obviously there's always gonna be segments. There are gonna be leaders who haven't embraced this, who haven't paid it, enough attention to this. There, there are leaders who have embraced it and, and are probably going down the wrong road with some things they're doing. And then there are leaders who have embraced it and recognize that we have to change, we have to move forward but they don't know what to do. And so I think uh, Waymakers is for all those leaders, but Waymakers in particular is for those leaders who want to make sure they're doing the right thing and the leaders who need to know what to do, need to know how to do it. And so that's why it's such a marvelous book because it has the truth in it. It has amazing clarity in it, and it tells you what to do. The action is there, the steps are there. And so um, I, I think every leader needs to read it and every leader needs to recognize their role in changing this part of our culture, changing this part of our world.
1: Yeah, and bring it to life. Yeah, just as you said that about humans and brands, I'm like, there's a reason they call it human resources. There, there which,
2: is a reason. Yeah. Right?
1: <laughs> which, you know, which, which tells you that should be the most powerful leader and team, you know. And it, it, it just, it also made me think about, you know, you hear the the pilots that, that you know, ask, hey, how many souls on board today? Yeah. You know,
3: it, it's... It, it's it, it really does come from the top, though. In fact, I just saw yeah. a Harvard Business Review article over the weekend that says, you know, how do we pick our next CEO? And the data is saying we have to pick a, a CEO who understands people. Mm-hmm. Because Absolutely. business, the, the business world has changed very, very dramatically in the last five to 10 years. Just the realization business challenges are human challenges. Yeah. We have, we have yeah. to have leaders who understand that and, and know how to manage that in, in the right way.
2: The, one of the big ideas in the book, Sarah, and I know you've heard me talk about this before, it, I'll say it's one of my foundational you know, frames that I use that, that kind of really inspires how I approach my work. And that is the culture existing on three levels frame. Right Mm -hmm. where I say the culture exists on three levels, the claim, the policy, and the norm. So the claim is who we say we are. The policies are the rules we put in place to reinforce those claims. But the norms are how we choose and behave every single day. And that's really where culture is created and sustained. The reason I bring it up now Mm -hmm. is people always ask me, okay, Tara, so what's going on right now? Like, what are we challenged by right now? (laughs) And I say, well, We're challenged by the fact that we've spent two years since George Floyd was murdered, perfecting our Mm -hmm. external statements. We've spent two years deciding which community organizations we wanna invest in, how we wanna show up from a marketing standpoint. We have spent two years doing that. We have spent two years looking at our policies and saying, we need to shift this policy and we need to change this practice. What we have not spent two years doing Mm
1: -hmm.
2: is determining what it looks like to bring all of those big, preferred future aspirations to life. We have not spent two years helping our leaders understand what it looks like practically day in and day out to abide by those policies, to ensure that those revised practices get implemented and that we can actually benefit from them. So right now what we have is a bunch of leaders saying, okay, I get that we care about equity and inclusion. I get that we've changed some policies, but what do I go do tomorrow? They do not know how to translate all these big claims and policies. And so my work exists on the level of the norm. My work exists to make sure that companies and leaders can actually become who they say they are. And that's what I believe makes it different.
1: Absolutely. Now, my my favorite expression, and I say it over and over and over and over, is that you have to practice what you preach. Right. And that practice being taking action, you know, to your point. And and, you know, we talk about that as, as a next step team and community all the time. It's not just about talking about it. It's about doing something about it. and. And to your point, you know, it, it, it's not the individual. It's the organization and it's the organizational culture is, is where you really got to.
2: It's all of that, right? Because right? At, yeah. at the end of the yeah. day, organizations are comprised
1: of many of individuals. individuals. So you're right. You're right. right. It's all, and if it's any circular. individual
2: feels like it's somebody else's job, then it's nobody's job.
1: Yeah.
3: To and add to know. that, to, to walk the walk, it's, it's uh, absolutely true that um, what businesses do, it has to be authentic. And so that's a big part of what's in the book as well. How do you do this authentically? Because I guarantee you, it's just an attribute of human truth. If it's not true, they'll know. They will know. will know. Customers will know. Your associates will know. They'll know if it's not true. So it has to be real. It has to be authentic. And it when Tara says the business will benefit from it, what the business will benefit is that the business oh. will be a better business. Absolutely, Absolutely, a better business.
1: Absolutely, and and
3: because it's a better business, if it's a better business in the right way, in an authentically human way, it'll be a better world. It'll contribute to a better world, and so that's that's the mandate. That's what we have to do. And uh, Waymakers is just a great, great template for that.
1: Yeah, no, and 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 you alluded to it loosely earlier, but you know, as we're having this discussion, right? It's Monday morning. And we're not going to talk about it because that's a whole separate show, <laughs> but we all heard the, the, the news that, you know, Roe versus Wade was overturned. Um, and so it's been interesting to watch and listen to see what leaders and organizations have been saying and doing, you know, over the last couple of days. And it'll be even more interesting this, this coming week because um, there have been a few that have absolutely, you know, have absolutely come out and stated their reaction and how they are taking action, but it'll be interesting to hear even more that unfolds. Yeah. And, and like you said, Tara, they, they should read your book because it'll help guide them through it. I
2: mean, it, <laughs> it will. And I, I've said this before, I'll say it again. It's even more important this morning. There is no fence to sit on here. If we believe we can sit on the fence on issues of basic you know, human rights, um, we really are deluding ourselves. We just don't exist in a place these days where we can walk a line where there is no line. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like we're, we're talking about when we say people wanna be seen, respected, valued, and protected, um, this connects squarely to the issue of protection. And what we learned in the research is that psychological safety, and in yeah. some cases, physical safety, so is a precursor to inclusion. And it's also an outcome of inclusion. So if people don't feel psychologically and, by extension, physically safe, you're not going to get right out of your employee base what you really hope to get from them, which is creativity, contribution, and innovation.
1: Yeah, it it we it, absolutely um, such a strong statement. We had a discussion last week in the spirit of Pride Month. Mm-hmm. And we had a couple of incredible leaders join us, one from HRC, and then two in- incredible, you know, members of our community. And, and, you know, they shared that they hadn't always felt safe.
2: Right.
1: You know, they shared that they hadn't felt comfortable, you know, sharing who they truly are. And, and so absolutely pivotal. Yeah, my, my child, right.
2: Right. My, I wrote, I just posted about this on LinkedIn, but my child who is trans, uh, and lives in Texas texted me yesterday asking if we were going to stay in America. That's how petrified they are.
1: Yeah. No, no. I I mean, what?
2: (laughs) So Yeah. yeah, a lot of work to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. What an incredible conversation. Thank you both um, for joining me today. As I shared, we are absolutely going to post all sorts of links when we share the podcast, um, how you can find this incredible companion and leadership guide. You know, buy it and use it. Um, We want to post links too, um, Daryl, for your incredible group, because I'm sure. Your email inbox is going to be flooded. Like, help me <laughs> elevate my Tr- brand. Truly a brilliant <laughs> team.
2: Truly a brilliant yeah. team.
1: And Chicago-based. I love that even more. Mm-hmm. Um, but thank you both. Um, thank you for, you know, Tara, for being the incredible leader that you are. Thank you, Tara. Um, Daryl, such a pleasure to meet you. And thank you for partnering with Tara to bring this to life.
3: Likewise. And thanks, Tara, for inviting us in this, this amazing you. journey.
1: Absolutely.
2: Your friendship means a lot to me, um, and I, I'm just so grateful, so so grateful.
3: The feeling is mutual, as you know. Thank you. thank you.
1: Feel the love. All right. Well, thank you to everyone who's been listening. I know your lives were changed today, no doubt in my mind. And thank you, Voice America, for always giving me and Next Up the opportunity to share our voice and our mission with all of you across the world. But most importantly, to shine the spotlight. On incredible people like Tara and Daryl. To learn more about Next Up and to listen to all of our podcasts, check us out at nextupisnow.org. I'm Sarah Alter, and thank you for always listening.
0: Thanks for listening to Advancing All Women with host Sarah Alter. Be sure to tune in again next week. Our program is live every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Or catch our replays weekly on Voice America Influencers. Until we talk again, enjoy your week.